Hey, this is Joe, and this is Chris. We're two mics out. Welcome back to the 17th episode. Tonight for our Medal of Honor recip recipient, we're going with uh, Charles Jean Abrel. He was a corpsman in the Korean War in Echo Company, 2nd Battalion, 1st Marine, 1st Marine Division. Medal of Honor action date was June 10th, 1951, in Hangyang, Korea. Citation reads, For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a fire team leader in Company E in action against enemy aggressor forces. While advancing with his platoon in an attack against a well-concealed and heavily fortified enemy hill position, Corporal Abrel voluntarily rushed forward through an assaulting squad which was pinned down by a hail of intense and accurate automatic weapons fire from a hostile bunker situated on commanding ground. Although previously wounded by enemy hand grenade fragments, he proceeded to carry out a bold, single-handed attack against the bunker, exhorting his comrades to follow him. Sustaining two additional wounds as he stormed toward the emplacement, he resolutely pulled the pin from a grenade clutched in his hand and hurled himself bodily into the bunker with the live missile still in his grasp. Fatally wounded in the resulting explosion, which killed the entire enemy gun crew within the stronghold, Corporal Abrel, by his valiant spirit of self-sacrifice in the face of certain death, served to inspire his comrades and contributed directly to the success of his platoon in attaining its objective. His superb courage and heroic initiative sustain and enhance the highest traditions of the U.S. Naval Service. His gallantry gave, he gallantly gave his life for his country. He was from Terre Haute, Vigo County, Indiana, and he was two months short of 20 years old when he did that. It's, you don't get more hard than that. That was... That's pretty impressive. And like we were talking about earlier, 19-year-old um, kids nowadays can't de can't determine if they want to be a male or female or cry when they have to go to work for eight hours. Like, right. are you serious? Yep. How far we have Just fallen. a different breed of pe human back then. Just a different breed. <laughs> and it sucks because, like, like, we're not honoring people like this by being as fucked up as a society as we are these days. No. That's I agree. Man. It's, it's it's a weird thing to be on the other side where you're the one defending people that choose to be weak, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like you people do stuff like that and don't get any credit for it. But yet, somebody could say, the only thing that keeps coming to mind is that, like, I think it was a gay kid working at Starbucks was mad that they had to work eight-hour shifts. Yeah. Yep. Like, I remember that video. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, we'll get more on that later. But, hey, welcome back. It's been a while. About two months, so, something like that. Yeah, two Maybe almost three. Um, yeah, something probably like that. 
yeah, just haven't been around lately. Yeah. To do this stuff, and we've both been busy. So. And I know that's what we say every single podcast, I know. but it is true. Uh, we still appreciate you guys for hanging out, hanging with us, and hopefully you're still enjoying what we're putting out. And speaking of that, we did look at our analytics, and we do actually have a listener all the way from Switzerland. So. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to our to our listener from Switzerland. I don't know if it was a, a temporary listener who happened upon our podcast and like fuck these guys and not not back again. But hey, either if you're way, still listening. Thank you. We That's appreciate awesome. it, and uh, it's cool to see that we're reaching that far already. So. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of exciting because we were just talking. Um, one of the guys in our unit, as soon as I got there, he asked about the podcast, and I'm like. Like, I didn't know what to say because I didn't think he listened to it. And he's like, yeah, it popped up on my Spotify when I was looking for something else. And so, like, just a few days prior, I had sent you that screenshot. Mm-hmm. And that was exciting because basically, like, we, we've got this analytics page so we can see basically the demographics of people that are listening to us. But then this additional page came up, and it's basically showing now that, like, we're starting to show up on the Spotify homepage. We're fitting into the algorithm, I think. Is what's, yeah. What's end up happening. Yeah, we must have made it into the algorithm now, which is awesome because now we're getting a lot more. Well, didn't you tell me once, I think you said, what, most podcasts fail after 10 episodes or 12 episodes? Yeah, some, something like 90% of the podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes, and then like 90% of that don't make it past 20 or something. I don't know. And here we are at 17. Hey, so, we're getting there, and hope we keep saying this, but we need to <laughs> we need to get more episodes out there, yeah, more often. And um, I've got one buddy that pays a couple of bucks a month to listen to us. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I know we've been letting you down lately. Yeah, do Hopefully, him justice yeah. Here. So we'll uh, we'll we'll make it up to you, I promise. So, but we do appreciate it, absolutely. All right, well. What is our first topic of the night? So we're going to jump into shit right away. Um, Israel. Israel, Something that we can't uh, ignore right now because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and we don't have a lot of very close allies, but um, we do with Israel. And let's just say that's a shit show. Yeah. And um, since watching the... Hamas attacks on that um, little town and the uh, party or concert or whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. Watching all the videos, I saw some pretty disgusting things that I don't feel any sorrow for the Hamas people. I don't feel any sorrow for the people defending Palestine because the atrocities that have that I've witnessed my own eyes I don't think they they deserve everything that's yeah. coming to them and and it's enough of this pussyfooting around United States type war fighting where you can gauge certain things your ROEs are so strict yeah. no you need to go in there you need to annihilate the terrorists and that is how you deal with them there's no no other way around it i mean in war is war it's sad yes people are going to die civilians are going to die but it's it's war. It's what happens. You can't you can't control that. Yeah, and uh, you can in, mitigate it to a point. You know, 
And, and that's just it. That the, the Israel does everything in their power to get civilians out of the way. They don't want to kill civilians. They know that they're going to lose that uh, that fight in the media. Like they, they, they know if they kill civilians, it's it's not going to look good for them. That's why Hamas uses civilians as well, shields. Like hiding in the, which we're going to talk about here, hiding in the ambulances for attacks. Yep. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get right into the first story. Um, so this is coming... From the Daily Wire, which we do, we I, do, we I, do, I was just to say, we get more, a lot of our um, stories and articles from the Daily Wire because I think we both agree that it's probably the most straightforward. Some people might say it's too right wing, but I don't agree with that. I think it's more of a cut and dry, right down the middle of this is the actual news of stuff that's going yeah, on. They're they're giving the honest, the, the truth about what's going on. They don't they don't lie for one side or the other. So, from the Daily Wire, uh, news article from November 4th, Hamas terrorists committing war crimes by using ambulances in Gaza. The IDF struck an ambulance inside Gaza late this week after discovering it was being used to transport Hamas terrorists on the battlefield, which is a violation of the international rules of war. Which, no, also with that, I'm sorry to cut you off, but this goes exactly what I was saying, where they're playing into, we all have to follow the Geneva Convention, right? Except for the terrorists. They can yeah. do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And that's bullshit. Because I think if you break that, then guess what? Now you no longer have that protection of war. You know what I mean? Well, I, yeah, I've, I've said this since we got since I got into the military. If you're fighting against forces that don't follow the laws or the Geneva Conventions, we shouldn't have to either. You want to play by no rules? All right. We'll play by no rules, and guess what? We're going to win 100% every of the time. time. I agree and, with that. I mean, and I get it. Yes, like I said before, you're trying to mitigate civilian casualties, but at the same token, how do you end it? Otherwise, you're stuck in Afghanistan for 20 fucking years, not accomplishing anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Man, politics just got to stay out of war. Yep, they do. And especially when you're dealing with a situation like this. Like, it's different, like, if you're fighting a, like, fighting a conventional um, uniform force. Yeah, it, it's different if you've got country versus country and there's, you know, people fighting on the battlefield. Plus there's politicians from either side talking across the table from each other. Like that's, excuse me, that's one thing. When you're fighting against a terrorist force that is using ambulances, using civilians, killing civilians on purpose, like that... There's been multiple reports of um, these Hamas terrorists who have been interviewed by the IDF. Who that was their direct order was to go into Israel and kill as many civilians as possible. Well, we just watched a video of a regular civilian car driving down the street and yeah. shot by an RPG. So, yeah, dude's like 20 meters from him, fires an RPG in the front of this van. Like that's that's not combat. That's I saw massacre. I saw some stuff where they had. Um, uh, little kids put in cages and they were taunting them, uh, like just shit like that. That yep. you, if you do that kind of stuff, I'm sorry, but you don't deserve to live. And honestly, neither does your family. Yeah. And what's sickening is there's people out there still defending Hamas. What's sickening too is that we have people in our legislature that are defending Palestine and and. Hamas. Yep, they want to see Israel wiped out too, and there's nothing, nothing being said about them, nothing being done about it. And that's bullshit. If you're here for America, you're here for America and its allies, not 
who up, who we're up against. Yet, if it was the U.S. and Israel right now, do you th- what do you, what do you think their stance would be to wipe us out? Mm-hmm. Weird. Any any Western civilization, Jewish, Christian, anything other than Muslim, being in the space Israel is now, they would want to take them out. Mm-hmm. So if they got rid of Israel, who do you think they'd move on to next? Mm-hmm. Which also leads into, which we'll probably cover either tonight or another time, but um, all the people coming in from our borders as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this will be... The upcoming podcast should be interesting coming into an election year here. We'll that's true. So yeah. we'll see. We'll there see is a lot of goes. stuff that's going to be going on. Yeah. And unfortunately, which we will talk about later, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more um, active shooters in throughout the country. Yep. Actually, uh, mark my words on that. I guarantee we are. Yep. Always happens. But anyways, back to this. So they were using ambulances to yep. um, transport. So, a uh, quote says, uh, a Hamas terror cell was identified using an ambulance in response, and IDF aircraft struck and neutralized the Hamas terrorists who were operating within the ambulance, the IDF said in a statement. We emphasize that this, is, that this area in Gaza is a war zone. Civilians are repeatedly called upon to evacuate southwardly to their own safety. Which is another, right there, proves that Israel is trying to... Uh, eliminate civilian casualties because they basically went in saying this area of the Gaza Strip is now a war zone. You need to evacuate and leave. And I'm sorry, but if you don't, that's on you. It's no different than people that live in Florida or on the coast when a hurricane's coming. There is plenty of time to leave your house. Yes, it sucks. It's obviously hard, but do you want to live or do you want to you die? Right. You know. Well, that's just... Every everything about this situation sucks because, like I said, Gaza's fighting the propaganda war. They don't care. They don't care how many people they lose. They'll 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 die to the last civilian to get to reach their goal, and they're gonna win in the eyes of the media because the media does everything they can to protect them from being the bad guys when these. Hamas terrorists were stopping people from leaving their borders. They, they were stopping convoys of civilians from leaving the country because they know as soon as they're gone, they're open targets. They don't want them gone because they, they can hide behind them. They're safe. Yep, and like we had talked about too where there was that report of the IDF attacking a refugee zone or refugee camp. Yeah. Well, we should probably try and find that because I don't know. If, I thought I heard somewhere that nobody was there. But yeah, they, but they claim they were going for a high value target. Yeah, which there, there's a, our point again is they're hiding behind civilians, and if they want to blame anybody for these civilian deaths, it needs to be the terrorists because they're using them as shields when you know they have a chance to let them leave. Yeah, just like these ambulances, just like hospitals, just like schools, people Mosques, are like, all that people stuff. like, oh, they're hitting all these targets. It's like, yeah, because they're using them as headquarters. Because, as we were talking about, like I said, they're playing by the Geneva Convention rules. And they know that America, when, you know, we fight it. With our hands tied? Yeah, with our hands tied. And now Israel's saying, nope. Yep. We're going to win this war because enough is enough. I mean, how long have they been going at it? Yes. Let's see what CNN has to say about it. Yeah, okay. 
Airstrikes blast UN shelters, officials uh, as Israel announces complete encirclement of Gaza City. So as you can see that headline right there, they're already biased saying that IDF is attacking. Yep. So so here's the article from CNN. Let's see who this is written by. Helen Reagan. Regan and Abir Salman. Here we go. And Zina Saifi yeah. and Amir Tal <laughs> and Mohammed Taufik. So what does that tell you? Some white girl and a bunch of terrorists is what I'm seeing here. All right. So the Israel the Israeli military has completely encircled Gaza City, according to a spokesperson, as the United Nations main relief agency in the isolated enclave accused Israeli warplanes of lethally bombing UN-run schools, sheltering civilians. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Nearly a week after Israel first began moving tanks, bulldozers, infantrymen, and combat engineers units into Gaza. Oh, hold on. Might get locked out here. Nope. Um, not paying you for this article. Losers. Um, Israel Defense Forces spokesman Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari said Thursday that Gaza City has been surrounded. The IDF's engineering corps is working to locate and neutralize underground infrastructure, which we'll get to later, explosives, and other threats so that troops can move freely, he said. And the reason why that's important is because we just watched a video, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. If you haven't, it's, I mean, it's not a crazy video, but um, the Tomas, a Hamas terrorist comes out of a tunnel, runs up to a tank, puts ID or IED on it, blows it up. I mean, it's 10 meters. From yeah, 10-15 meters from this hole, he just runs out, drops it on there, runs back, and he blows up. So, just guerrilla warfare. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. All right, over the last few hours, I received reports that three of our schools sheltering about 20,000 people have been hit. This reportedly has led to the deaths of more than 20 people in Jabal, Jabalia, and also one person at a beach camp, he said. And UNRWA statement later said a fourth school turned shelter has been hit. CNN has asked the IDF for comment. So, sorry, if they're bombing four schools with apparently 20,000 people in them and 20 people died, I'm going to call bullshit. Well, that plus, here's the other thing. If you look at pictures of Gaza right now, that whole fucking place is fucked. Yeah. I mean, it is just obliterated. Yeah. So, yes, when they send rockets into a city, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. It's not that they're out there targeting civilians. Oh, this is a school. Let's blow it up. Oh, this is a hospital. Let's blow it up. They are launching shit. Yeah. Everywhere. Israel and the rest of the Western world pays for their infrastructure, and they turn around and use what we gave them as stuff to fund their terrorist organization. Well, so point. why are we going to turn around and bomb that stuff if we paid for it, if they weren't using it for terrorist activities? Pull up that other one too right away, now that we're on that, about the uh, stuff we gave the Taliban, because oh, that's yeah. another thing. You start seeing these Hamas terrorists, what, oh. are, they, what are they armed with? Well, let's see, M4s, night vision, plate carriers, um, MRAPs. This will come up later in another thing we're going to talk about but here we go so we've already talked about the pullout of afghanistan and how 
bullshit that was. Um, so I don't know if we talked about the numbers at all, but here's a list of numbers for the equipment where, that we left. Where is this coming from so we can give us uh, Hold on, i got to shrink this down. I'll, hold on, I'll have to get it. Here we go. It is coming from the Action on Armed Violence website, AOAV.org.uk. So it is a more credible site. It's an organization from England, basically. All right, so here's numbers for the shit we gave the Taliban just because. All right, uh, Humvees, 22,174 Humvees, 8,000 trucks, 634 M1117 ASVs, over 162,000 radios, probably encrypted radios like ours. Mm Mm-hmm. 155 Max Pro Mine Proof Vehicles coming out of straight out straight out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Sixteen thousand night vision goggles. I don't even have any night vision goggles. Exactly. Turn looks like I'm gonna have to move to Afghanistan. <laughs> so uh let's see, 169 M eleven thirteen armored personnel carriers, over three hundred and fifty eight thousand assault rifles, forty two thousand pickup trucks and SUVs. Over 126,000 pistols, over 64,000 machine guns, 176 artillery pieces, 33 MI-17 helicopters, 33 UH-60 Blackhawks, 43 MD-530 helicopters, uh, fixed waning aircraft, 4 C-130 transports, 23, uh, whatever this little thing it's a, is. It's a propeller plane. Yeah, basically. 28 Cessnas. 10 bigger Cessnas. Um, yeah, so a lot of shit that and I, I would like everybody to know that's listening. If you are from America, that is your tax dollars here yeah. at work. Yep. So uh, pull up a picture of a Taliban member wearing this gear. Put them up on your fridge because you're paying for the guy. Yep. Thank you, Biden. Yep, thank you, Biden. Appreciate it. So... We're going to switch gears here for a second because that, uh, I'll go into what I was going to talk about. Was uh, We're just kind of hitting everything all at once here. Yeah, fuck it. It kind of all bleeds in together, but that makes sense. We're just excited to be back. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. A lot has happened the last couple months. <laughs> it's, it's been busy. It's been busy. So, um, main shooter. Um, you can see why guns being given away for free is great. Um, so... I don't remember what day it was. Let's see, October 25th. There was a army reservist who shot up a bowling alley and a restaurant in Lewiston, Maine, killing 18 people and wounding others. Um, turns out he had mental issues that he had gone in and got seen for. The law enforcement was aware of it. Other his, people were of it. His unit was aware of it. There was a guy that there's apparently somebody in his unit who told them like this dude's gonna shoot up a place. Like they had warnings. And there's something else I want everybody to understand. When you hear on the news that they were a trained army, whatever, that does not mean they're this crazy killer and they know all this stuff how to kill people and everything else. The army yeah. and all the military branches 
everybody shoots a weapon in basic training. A lot of times that's the only time they shoot it. Mm-hmm. They're not – There's the Army has so many jobs just like normal people. They have office jobs. They have fuelers, which this guy was, basically a, yeah. a gas station attendant. Um, so it's not – it's not – you hear that they're in the Army. That does not mean they are a trained killer. And a Boy Scouts that are more dangerous than this yes, guy. Yes, exactly. So that – yeah. I hate stuff like this because the media is doing this to drive their numbers up. They're trying to make this guy sound extremely dangerous so that they can cover this 24-7 and get all the views and mm-hmm. shitload of money. And I think it's bullshit that they cover these people because why should their name live on? Yeah, fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit, clearly. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, look, everybody's job in the military is important. Otherwise, all the wheels wouldn't stay turning, right? So, like, I'm not shitting on anybody for their job because every job has its purpose. We need all MOSs in the military. But... One observation that I've made is when was the last time it was somebody who's been like engaged in real combat? When has it been an infantry guy? When has it been a ranger? When has it been an SF guy? When has it been a SEAL? When has when has it been any of these guys who have seen actual combat that has gone on any of these shooting sprees? Like I I I don't I don't know of any. I yeah. can't think of any off the top of my head. And I mean- I wouldn't be surprised if there was one. You yeah, know, but it happens. It's not. It's the minority. Yeah. And I think that comes from. And I heard this on a different podcast, but they and we we talked about it. Where when you hunt man, so when a human hunts a human, that is the most. There's nothing. I don't know what the right word is. No bigger thrill. You, yeah, you can't. There's no bigger high than that. So. That's why you see so many people in the special forces staying in and, and continuously deploying because they are just in love with that that high of hunting and being in danger. And um, I don't think killing innocent civilians would get you that same type of. And that that's why it's always somebody like this. Like, exactly. They they haven't been in that situation to realize what it's like, so they go and shoot innocent people that aren't armed, that aren't going to hunt them back. It's because, uh, like, like I said, I went in and um, my boss right away. When I went into work, he's like, "Oh, what about this guy?" He seemed be, before they found him. They're like, "Oh, what about this guy? He seems so dangerous." And I was like, "No, he's a gas station attendant for the army. He's not dangerous. Sure, he's trained a little bit, but yeah, like I said, I know Boy Scout Boy Scouts who are trained at a higher level than this guy. There's, there's a lot and, of civilians out there that are way more trained than a lot of people in the army. Yeah. And I, and I, I told him, I said, he's not going to do it again. He's not going to get into a shootout with the police. He's a coward. He's going to, they're going to find him dead somewhere. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. So. And that's what really pisses me off too, about these people is like, they do that and then they go kill themselves. It's like, why don't you just kill yourself and begin with yeah. instead of killing other civilians? Yep. And I know, like, obviously I don't know exactly what his situation was, but Who cares? Mental, health, shit. mental health issues are a serious thing, and people don't need to be afraid to talk about them. I'm not saying in any way that I feel for this guy, but I'm saying that people need to 
address their issues in a different way. And if you are having these kind of thoughts, like, yeah, you need to do something because you don't want it to get to this point. Like, like I said, clearly this guy had, I don't know if he sought out help or if somebody like turned him in because they saw he was showing signs or what the case is. But, and, and that's, that's where I like, I hate where this is at because now, you know, they, they start looking at every, every veteran that's got PTSD or every veteran that's, that's got issues or anybody that's got issues for that matter. And start to say, well, is this guy dangerous? Is this guy a threat? Because I don't think people's guns should be taken away. But at the same time, like, clearly this guy's gun should have been taken away. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a very fine line there. So I think with something like these mental health issues, maybe there needs to be a temporary hold. Or maybe maybe there needs to be more frequent checkups or... Well, and I think there's probably a failure on... So especially him being in the Army, his leadership should have yeah. identified... Since they did identify, they should have somehow dealt with it. Right. But then again, there's some people you can't... You don't know what's going to happen, and they just snap, and that's what it is. But I don't know. Try to be more pro pro proactive on the matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I know it's this kind of goes to anybody that is considering help. I know it's sometimes it feels demeaning or demoralizing or like you're too proud to ask for help, but it's there's always somebody out there that will listen to you and will help you. And I guarantee you somebody at your unit or somebody somewhere will take the time to listen to you and help you through your issues. That's... That's the thing. Keep keep knocking on doors. Keep asking people until you get help. Like somebody is bound to listen to you. And and especially if you serve the country, there's nothing you deserve it. There's nothing that you nobody's gonna think you're weaker, you know. Yeah. I've been there before. I'm sure you've been there before. Yeah, and Man, it's mental stuff is difficult, and I hate I hate talking about it because, like, I don't know how to put this. I've always thought I was like so mentally tough, like nothing's gonna break me. Like, I found things that got me close, right? Like things that made me think bad thoughts. Um, luckily they're very temporary and I knew that and you know, I held out. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't snap. I didn't ask for professional help because I was able to reason through like, okay, this is temporary. This isn't going to last. Just fucking wait it out, dude. Right. But not everybody, I, I understand not everybody well, thinks that way or, or, you know, thinks that it could be temporary because a lot of problems feel really heavy and that they're going to go on forever. And I, and I get that. So I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, I'm tougher than, no, that's, that's not the case. I, I, I don't know. Well, a lot of, 
especially when you come back from a traumatic event. So I'm not just saying war vets, but anybody that has seen something or had to do something crazy out of the norm. But especially for um, people that have seen combat, your brain is rewired and there is no fixing that. When you get home, it is you're, you're just different and it is what it is. It's not a negative thing. It's just that you've been trained and basically indoctrinated to be on a higher alert than most of the public. So that's, that is one of the harder adjustments when you come back from overseas. But when you start to understand, at least for me, like when I understand that it's something that I can't change, I just kind of have to understand it and and know that's the way I operate, it makes life a lot easier. So, you know, if you're, let's just say you you wanted your wife to do the dishes and she didn't do them. Well, in your brain, you're out. Now you're at, you're at 10. That level is something's amiss, something's awry, that it it's danger. In your brain, it's saying that's danger. Somebody could get killed. In reality, yeah, it's just the dishes. not a big deal. So it took me a long time to figure that out. But once you figure that out, I think... It uh, it helps to put in perspective that you're not at that danger anymore. You're you're just home. So it's it's about understanding how your brain's working. And for me, like that wasn't like that wasn't my issue coming back because I always kind of took the experiences I've had overseas as like. This is another experience that gives me more perspective on the world. And so things like the dishes or, you know, picking up after the kids or stuff like that was even less of a big deal because, like, I know the consequences of other situations. So, like, I, like, that wasn't, that wasn't something I battled with. And I think I've talked about it on here before on how... I had a buddy I went overseas with both times and he had been through a bunch of the same experiences I had and he had a really hard time dealing with it coming back. He, he, he still does 13, 14 years later. And like I have, it sucks cause I haven't talked to him in years because I have a hard time being around with him because I don't like the mindset of like, Oh, I've been through this bad thing, poor me kind of thing. And, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound crass like that, or like, I don't feel for him because I do like, I, I know people have different thresholds for what they can deal with. Yeah. Everybody has a cup. That's the one thing I like. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that if you don't, yeah, if you don't know that, if you don't know that analogy, but basically everybody has a cup and at some point it's going to overflow and, uh, everybody's is different. So, yeah. And so, yeah, like I, like I said, I don't want to sound crass about it, but like in the past, I'd go out and have a drink with him, and we talk about this stuff, and he'd always ask me, like, how how do you deal with the stuff we saw and the stuff we did, like how like mentally, how do you deal with it? Because he couldn't he couldn't handle it, and I was just like, I don't know, dude. Like, man, I wish I could help you, but for me, it's just it's just an experience, and it gives me another perspective on how. How life is yeah so. that's something that I understood when I got back to is like 
just living in America, the people that never leave America, you live in this, like a snow globe, basically. Yeah. You don't know what the rest of the world is like, because it is extremely different. And until you get outside of that bubble, <clears throat> or snow globe, you don't realize really how good you have it. Yeah. Um, and that goes for everybody in America. And the other thing I heard about, or heard or listened to or something the other day was the poorest person in America today still lives better than the richest person back in like the medieval times. Yeah. And that blows my mind. But if you think about it, it is. Yeah. Better healthcare. Yeah. So there's no excuse to be down in the dumps all the time. You need to, if you are, you need to get help. And if you're in a bad situation, Change it. I mean, take some take some ownership, have some discipline, change your life. Um, I know that kind of sounds blunt, but and, and the, the only way something's going to change is if you take the initiative to do it. Yeah, and like we know, like okay, maybe you can't do it on your own, but especially like if you're a vet, like there's resources out there. there and honestly, I'll say it right now: if you are a vet and you got an issue. Send us an email. We'll, we'll help you get through it. We'll try to figure out something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, we're here for you guys. Like, we're, we're down here having a drink, having a good time doing this. And, you know, we're hoping that you're listening to us and, you know, maybe on a ride home from work or whatever. And if you're just maybe decompressing, just listen to the two guys talk and ramble. That's really what we're here for is just to help people do that so and and I, th- I think we've brought this up in the past too but that's one thing people have got gotten away from a lot is socializing oh. socializing with people who've been in the same situations like and uh, I, I know we've talked about this on how like guys used to come back from war during mm-hmm. world war one world war two and you're on a ship for months mm-hmm. and you're you're coming back and you're around the guys you just spent the last years with in combat and you get to spend that time decompressing and telling stories and bullshitting talking about how excited you are to get home and you know start your life over again and we don't do that anymore mm-hmm. like you spend a couple hours on a plane and then you get home and yeah what maybe you get a week for uh demo but after that yeah. you're just gone and the crazy thing is you get shotgunned all over where you came from and then you just lose contact with those people and that's what I think is the hardest for people. Yeah. And that's what causes I, a lot of the depression. And and I think, too, doctors and stuff don't – they like to put Band-Aids on problems and give pills like candy. And I don't think that helps with the mental health, mental health issue. I think that actually probably helps with the suicide rate. Yeah. And this, this may – for lack of a better word, trigger some people, but like big pharma, big pharma. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go there tonight. Cause like it's, it's a hundred percent true. Oh yeah. I mean, it's all about making they're money. The, they're, the, they're there to make money. Yeah. Like why do you think they're going to say that you need these drugs and not other things to make you healthy? It's because taking a walk in the woods is free. Like they can't, if they prescribe taking a walk in the woods, they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. If they can prescribe drug to you to make you feel better, 
they're going to make money. And maybe... And at least prescribe one. Well, then they need to prescribe another one to counteract that one to make sure you don't do something crazy. And then they need something else to make sure that one stays in line. So it's just a whole big thing. Yep. And, like, and we'll talk about this, too. On the Sean Ryan podcast, which I've really been starting to watch and listen to lately, Mm -hmm. he has a couple guys on there. But they talk about – one guy talks about – and I don't condone drugs one way at all. I don't, I don't, I'm not for them. I don't think it's, I mean, they're illegal. It is what it is. Um, but one guy said he went to the VA and he was having issues with PTSD and stuff. And he said they smoked weed. Okay. And, um, they got mad at him and said, well, you, we're not going to help you. We're not going to prescribe you with anything because you're doing this illegal substance. And he's like, well, this is actually helping me. But they didn't want to hear any of it because instead of trying to get him through his issues and help him, they didn't want to help him at all because he was smoking weed, which I think is kind of bullshit because right or wrong, the VA is there to help the veterans. So yeah. they should have done something to help him. Yeah. But And then you get – I don't know how many stories I've heard, read news, news articles or heard on the news – some guy driving to the local VA clinic and killing himself in the car in their parking lot mm-hmm. because they're not doing they're not helping him out at all. Like we gotta stop this fucking pandemic of vets killing themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why we're we're really strong on helping other vets. And I personally have talked two people through. I honestly, God, think at least one of them. If I didn't talk to them that night, they would no longer be here. So, yeah, it, reach out to your friends, reach out to your brothers, sisters. They will, they will be there for you. Even if it's just to listen, you don't necessarily have to say anything. If you just need to, they just want you to listen to them. I mean, just be there for them. Yeah, just be the person they can unload on all their, all their struggles. But yeah, so uh, let's just get going. So I mentioned Sean Ryan. If you haven't. I know we're big Jocko fans here, but also I think we're going to start being Sean Ryan fans because yeah. look at his podcast. He's got some really good people on there. What I really like about him is uh, he doesn't really interrupt his guests. He just kind of asks, asks them questions, and then they uh, he lets them talk and explain what's going on. So really good podcast. Um, definitely recommend. He was a former Navy SEAL slash CIA operator. Um He's got a lot of cool stories himself, so give him a listen, just like Jocko. I know you got to start diving into a couple of his. Yeah, I, I, I know I heard one of his episodes that when he talked with that guy who chases down or uh, tracks down um, pedophiles, pedophiles on, yeah. online through through chats and whatnot. Um, that was a really interesting episode, and I just got done watching the movie The Sound of Freedom, and that's what brought that up mm. um really good movie if you haven't saw it um seen it starring jim caviezel he's great actor um dude's got a mission in life he's he's somebody to to listen to um, did you know his uh his initials are also jc yeah yeah uh man all the coincidences between him uh, and when he getting the role for uh um uh, the passion of the passion christ, of christ yeah, yeah. He he's got a really cool story and just everything. He that, actually talked that on. He's Sean Ryan has him on there. Yep, I, I think I, I want to say I saw that whole one too, but I can't remember if I saw the saw it all or not. But yeah, he's 
yeah, dude's been hypothermic, got electrocuted, like got struck by lightning while on the set. All this crazy stuff happened while he while they were filming that show or that movie. Um, yeah, he's he's a really solid dude. Not you know you don't get a lot of people like him from Hollywood. So. Yeah, exactly, and that's why nobody is producing any of his stuff, or they try to basically cancel Sound of Freedom, which yeah, that was all like self funded and yep. And if you would, I mean, that right there goes to show you that they don't want the truth to be out there. Hollywood, which, yeah, we just. Go ahead. Finish. I was going to say, and they shouldn't, like, that should be a wake-up call to everybody. Is like, you have Hollywood not wanting a realistic, you know, something that happens daily to get out there and get publicity because it's happening within their ranks, and that's disgusting to me. That was one of the sickest things I saw was how the news media and Hollywood is downplaying the seriousness of... Mm-hmm. The there, child trafficking. I, I saw. I think it said it was a, a right wing something. Like it was like a wet wet dream for right wing people. I'm like, how does it have anything to do with political parties? It's about yeah children being taken and used yeah. as sex slaves. <laughs> yeah. If you put, can't, put your fucking party lines aside. Whether you're Republican or Democrat doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's that's, children. That's just it. There's there's some issues that are just this is evil and wrong. We can all get behind it, but because of party affiliation they're like oh you don't get behind this because this is like the Demo- or the, the republicans push to end it it's like yeah is that a bad thing yeah is like do you agree that it's okay that you know a small percentage of children go missing and end up on the sex market no that's having one kid going missing and ending up like that is not okay exactly like how could you how could you Look at yourself in the mirror and write an article saying that, oh, it's not a big deal. Yep. Like, and the sickest thing is, somewhere we could probably look this up, but what is it? America is the number one. Um, They're the biggest market for it. Biggest market for child sex slaves. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to fucking puke. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, that is something I want to really work on um, fighting and doing something with because if you could save one kid from that those horrors that would be you know you could say you're successful at life um, that, that, that was one thing when I was working in law enforcement I thought like if I can if I can save one kid from living a life of heartache and PTSD and all this other stuff, by saving them from whatever terrible situation they're living in, like that would make a career worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yes, would that type of job be hard? I think so. I think mm-hmm. it would be really hard to deal with, especially when you have your own children. But the way I look at it is that having my own children makes me want to do it more mm-hmm. because I want to have other children grow up with normal life, not dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was, that was one thing I, I, again, I give Jim Caviezel major kudos in is because, um, he, he talked about in one interview on how, when people in Hollywood have to play the role of the devil or like an evil person or a serial killer or whatever, they, they delve into the dark side of things. They look at all that stuff 
and say like I need to play the role but when he went to play that role of the the agent in the movie he basically asked, he asked God for help like you know help me portray this in a way that's not going to corrupt me and yeah you start and uh, like you know people have different levels of spirituality or religion or whatnot call it what you want there's evil in the world and there's good in the world i don't care what you call it i'm a catholic i'm not afraid to say that so i look at good and evil in the in the eyes of a christian mind but like you got to be at you got to be careful who you're asking for help if you're asking the devil for help you're going to get help from the devil if you're asking god for help you're going to get help from god so that that goes with any background you come from whether it's eastern religions western religions and a, you know pagan wiccan whatever you like you're gonna you're gonna get help from whichever spirits you ask from so be careful who you're asking help from because it's going to it's going to affect the rest of your life yeah i agree i agree 100 percent um Yeah, it just, we could go on all night about this because I do feel very strongly about stopping this mm -hmm. and, well, you know. There, 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 there's no greater mission. I mean, than to help children, help children, children are the future of the world. Mm -hmm. If you leave them fucked up. That's what you're going to get in the future. And Fuck I mean, look, look, look what's happening now. Exactly. When you stop being able to spank your kids, now look at them. Stop teaching them right from wrong. Stop teaching that there's absolute truths like men and women. Mm -hmm. then, exactly. Then, then everything's on a, the so-called spectrum. And it's not whether it's right or wrong. It's how you feel about it. And so our feelings aren't right. Like there's no, I don't know. There's no spectrum on whether your feelings are right or wrong. It's it's good or bad. Yeah, there is. I've said this before, and I will say it again. If you have a penis, you're a boy. If you have a vagina, you're a girl. Yep. And there are things in the world that are like that. Cut and dry. Yeah. Just like there's good and evil. Yeah. And uh, I think we watched the What is a Woman oh, show yeah. together. Yeah. Um, so... We'll get into this quick. Matt Walsh from from the Daily Wire um, did this whole um, documentary. Yeah, documentary on on the transgender issue in America. It was really interesting because he talked to all walks of life. Yeah, including like elite level doctors that were trained at the best colleges in America that are up, like outwardly lying to the American people in order to further their political agenda and honestly their demonic their demonic it's disgusting issue it happens but then he travels to africa some i don't some tribe somewhere in africa and starts asking about like oh do you think your boys could be girls or girls could be boys and they just laugh at him yeah, like what the fuck is that <laughs> they can't comprehend that what he's asking because yeah of course not you know they give him that look like are you fucking stupid yeah <laughs> Who's this guy? Exactly. Like, what are you doing over there? So, and, and he even he even asked them, like, 
like knowing what you know now about what America teaches, would you, would you rather live here in America? And they're like, here, yeah, <laughs> like, what are you guys doing over there? And I feel like it all starts with our kids' generation to like bring it back, bring them back mm-hmm. normal. Yeah, and and if the last few years haven't hasn't opened people's eyes. There's some people that are just never going to get it because they're too dug into their ideologies. Okay, whatever. But there are so many people that are now waking up. Why do you think like the homeschooling rate is just skyrocketing? People are taking their their students out of public schools in droves because of the garbage that's going on there. Because mm-hmm. they're indoctrinating children mm-hmm. to think a way that is not healthy and I don't think it should be normalized and quite frankly it, it disgusts me and, and that's why I don't want my kids going to it. I want to know who's teaching my kids yeah and what they're teaching and if they're at home you have a hundred percent control over that and call them crazy call them whatever you want but like I tell my students at school man like see who's gonna turn out better in the end like mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet my children's future on the fact that me and my wife will teach our children to be better human beings than any public school out there. I agree with that 100%. Um, we did miss one thing. Well, um, Israel, so we'll kind of backtrack real quick. Ooh, this is a fun one. We were talking about Hamas using tunnels. Uh, right here, Israel deploying special weapon to deal with Hamas inside tunnels. This is coming from, again, the Daily Wire, which, like I said, do what you want. If you want to think it's whatever, it's fine. But this is where we're going to get a lot of our stuff. If you're going to pay for any news source that's going to give it to you straight, and they they do have their commentary shows on here, and they are going to be right-leaning because that's the way this place works. And and I will say conservatism and right-leaning... In my eyes, in my opinion, that is more normal America and the way that it should be. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a crazy right-wing conservative, but I definitely agree with most of what they say. Of course, there's some crazy people there. Because a politician's a politician. doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. Yeah. But I digress. We're talking about Israel now. So, um, straight from the Daily Wire. The the Israel Defense Forces, or the IDF, will reportedly deploy a new weapon to trap and seal off Hamas terrorists inside the hundreds of miles of underground tunnels that hide underneath Gaza. So before I go any further, um, it's been reported that there's over 500 kilometers. What what does that end up being in miles? Um, let's see, 1.6 to 1, so 1,600, <laughs> like over 200 miles of tunnels. I gotta find, you keep going, I gotta find something funny. Alright, so, the Telegraph reported that the IDF will use sponge bombs, not Spongebob, sponge bombs, to fight the terrorist group responsible for massacring 1,400 Israelis and wounded 5,300 plus more in an unprecedented terror attack earlier this month. Sponge bombs 
which Israel has reportedly been using in training exercises over the last two years, are chemical bombs that, when detonated, rapidly expand into a foam that quickly hardens. The sponge bombs will allow Israel to prevent Hamas from ambushing them as they move through Gaza, since they'll be able to seal off entire sections of tunnel. Now, be- kilometer. Before I keep going, I I didn't see the whole movie, but there's that one movie that's with the minions and that like '80s villain looking dude who's got that like gum that expands. The minions. Yeah, the minions. One movie. of the mini movies. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. The, there's like this. There's this like '80s villain villain guy who uses this like chewing gum that he throws and it expands and gets everybody stuck in it. That's what I picture. <laughs> I hope that's what it's like. This is what oh, I, yeah. This is what I was looking for. Okay. You guys can't see it, but it's right from here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. The sponge bombs will allow Israel to prevent Hamas from ambushing them as they move through Gaza since it will be able to seal off entire sections of the tunnel. Contained in a plastic container, the special the specialist devices have a metal partition separating two liquids, the report says. Once the barrier is, is extracted, the compound mixes as the soldiers position the bomb or throw it further ahead. IDF engineering specialists are able to detect where the tunnels are located via ground and aerial sensors, ground penetrating radar, and special drilling systems, the report said. Sponge bombs are reportedly hazardous to work with as some soldiers have been blinded by mishandling the liquid So it's serious stuff, which is good. Underground warfare more closely resembles fighting underwater than fighting inside a building, according to John Spencer, a former U.S. major who chairs urban warfare studies at the Modern War Institute at West Point. Nothing that is used on the surface works in the same way or with the same efficiency underground, he said. Specialized equipment is needed to see, to breathe, to navigate, to map the space, to communicate, and to deploy lethal means. So is this thing like a grenade or is it like... I don't know. I'd like to imagine it's bigger than a grenade. It sounds like something they like put in place and then they back up and set it off. I wonder how far in the tunnel you'd have to be then. You know right. I mean? Probably just far enough to seal it up, but um, but that's another point. Hold on. So it says specialized equipment is needed to see, to breathe, to navigate, and to map the space and communicate. Um, that's another thing that's been going on is that um, in – so – the UN has, or the UN and Israel has agreed to allow aid to go into Gaza by means through like Egypt. Um, but now they've found oxygen, basically oxygen condensers or oxygen machines stashed among the. Oh, to get them to um, breathe. Yeah, stashed among the aid basically so they can help out the Hamas fighters that are still in the tunnels. Like. Okay, time to shut that shit off. Exactly. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, that now there's reasons to why certain things are getting attacked. Yep. But yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what becomes of this in the next few months. I mean, 
because you got Hamas. I mean, it's not like I, I don't think Gaza obviously has a chance against Israel. I think it's going to be the other players that, uh, you know, Iran, that, that's just Pakistan. It. They've been taking taking missiles from three other areas already. So other people are jumping in this fight. I I wouldn't be willing to bet it ain't going to take long before America gets bulked up in there. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, there's worse places I can imagine going to fight, and worst like, worst causes that I could go fight for. So, like defending, yeah. So defending Israel, I could jump on board with that. I've always wanted to go to the Holy Land, and hell, going there to protect it would be quite an honor. Honestly, I don't think you get a better uh, better mission. I would say quite the story for my students when I come. Back. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, this world is uh, it's crazy. It's always always on shaky ground, that's for sure. Um, let's see. Well, while we were on the, co- the topic of, like, political issues, where did you find that one? Okay. Also from the Daily Wire, naturally. Um... Apparently, the Democrats have come up with a new slogan. So I didn't read through this one because I just wanted to give my opinion before I read through it because this this was my first thought. That's fair, so that way you don't get uh, jaded one way or the other. Yeah. So according to the Daily Wire, the Democrats have come up with a new slogan. I don't know. Again, I didn't read it. I don't know if they're using it or they're thinking of using it or what what the deal is. But it says that they came up with a new slogan that they're considering. And it says, quote, vote Democrat. The country is still standing. Help us finish the job. So when I read that, my initial thought is vote for the Democrats because the country is still standing. We need to finish taking it down to its knees. Help us finish the job. And you know what? That's honest to God probably how it is meant to be. Oh, absolutely. Like like subconsciously. Yeah. Like the, the jokes write themselves like, at this point. It does because whether you like Trump or you didn't like Trump, he was the best president we've had in probably since the founding fathers. But look at just look at the country overall from when he was president to what Joe Biden has done in the last few years. You can't, you can't dispute it, so I don't understand why people do, because you can't, the facts don't lie. You, that, honest to God, nowadays, you can barely, you can barely sustain yourself by going to get groceries. Like, you, it's ridiculous what you have to pay. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's, it's such a, such a shit show in the media, because on one hand, they hate Trump. And they never want to see him in office again. Well, both hands, pretty much. Yeah. But on the other side, they would love him to get back in office again because now they've got four more years of coverage on a guy that they hate, mm-hmm. and they're going to sell their papers and, yep. and, and online They're going to say that uh, he is the reason the country is the way it is. Yep. They're going to blame him for everything again. Which brings us into our next topic. Um, I want to go for gaslighting because that is a tactic used more often than not that I've seen on well, the news media. Why don't we okay, here. Why don't we read what gaslighting actually means? Yep. So for those of you who uh, 
don't know the definition. Gaslighting is the psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memory, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, self-esteem, and uncertainty in one's emotion or men- emotional or mental stability, and the dependency on the perpetrator. Which kind of goes back into, I don't know which episode it was, but a couple episodes ago where you talked about manipulation. This is a form, basically. Yeah, and I, I think we brought it up then, but I can't remember if we did or not. But you can look at the news media and see countless examples of this. And I know we you used this example in the past, so I'm going to use it again. The whole COVID vaccine thing, or just the COVID in general. First, it started out where it was like, oh, two weeks and it'll stop the spread. Oh, just a little bit longer. Oh, we need a vaccine and it'll stop the spread. Oh, but the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it. It just stops you from transmitting it. Oh, it doesn't stop you from transmitting it. It just makes you less have less severe symptoms. Yeah. And on and on and on. And then they tell you, after all this, oh, we never said it would do this. We never said it would do that. Yeah, there was a interview, and it showed two um, clips of Fauci saying, in the beginning, we need to shut down America. Well, actually, they played it the other way, but in the beginning, he said, we need to shut down America to get this thing under control. And then later on, he says, well, I never said, I never said we needed to shut down America. It's like, yeah, yes, you did. Yeah, these people need to be held accountable for what is what they've been doing, and that 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 is by the book gaslighting, and that's you have, you have to realize they do this with everything. They've done this with the border. They've done this with COVID. They've done this with our national security. They've done this with domestic terrorists. They've done this with everything. They want you to believe that they're always right. So as soon as they find out they're wrong. They change the narrative, and they tell you that they were never preaching the other side, when in fact they were. Yeah, which, um, there's a movie, you know, if you saw it, Hillary's America, a long time ago, not a long time ago, but it's Dinesh D'Souza, he made it. Um, Basically, it talks about how the Democratic Party has changed over the years, and how they basically... The wrongdoings that they do and that they are doing, they blame the the right or the other side for what they're doing, and then basically make the public believe that the right is doing exactly what they're doing. So it's 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 manipulation, is what it really is. When it comes down to, they're just trying to control the herds, and that's where the liberal news media has like the monopoly on. Well, they own all the media. Yeah, and that's where they have the monopoly on gaslighting people is because the conservatives, for the most part, stick to their stick to their agenda and what they want, and they're they're not shy about it. But the liberals will sit on a stance and fight it till the end of time, until the narrative changes. Yeah, until they, they realize their narrative. It. Yep. And then they'll swap, and they'll say, "Oh no, that was the that was the 
Republicans that did that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it. It gets old. I mean, it's frustrating. And, and and people these days have such a short attention span; they're not willing to look back and see. Oh well, they were lying about this. They don't care. They're just they soak up whatever their side's saying, and they say, "Oh, yep, this is the truth." It's annoying that people don't have their own mind, and they have to follow what they're told on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like once you separate yourself from one side to the other and just have like a human being perspective on things you start realizing like oh this is what they're doing or you know it's it's, i don't know i've always said i don't care what side of the aisle you're on if you say something that i think is good makes sense helps america puts america first i agree with you yeah. I don't care if you're a Democrat instead. I don't care if you're Republican. Well, the, just just like the wall thing. Now, now the Biden administration is approving building part of the wall. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. You're an idiot because you didn't do this in the first place. Yeah. But I'm glad you finally came around and realized that that's part of the answer or part of the solution to this. Hundred percent. Like that's uh, the thing that I don't understand. They all they all want immigrants to come to America. That's fine. But they can do it legally, like they're supposed to. Yeah, this then, isn't this isn't free reign where you can just. Oh, this is my country now. That's not how this works. Yeah, and that and that that's the other thing too is. Each side wants to paint the other side in such a negative light, that nothing they say is correct. Like. Republicans and conservatives are not against immigration. That's we're literally built on immigrants. Like we understand that. That's not the issue, but we're <laughs> bringing it down to a smaller scale. You're not going to let a random family move into your house overnight because they just happen to want to stay at your place. That's not how that works. And on a, on a micro level, on a macro level, it's the same thing. Why are you going to let millions and millions of people randomly come into your country without knowing who they are? Especially when most of them are military age males. Yeah. And if you don't know that, which I'm assuming everybody does, but military age male basically means somebody who can fight. Yeah. It's an invasion at that point. That brings us to something we were talking about earlier today on how, like, I get there are countries out there that have powerful governments that legitimately oppress their people to the point of breaking. Um, When you look back to our founding fathers and the events that led us to break away from England, it was a small minority of people who were leaving oppression to move to another country, hoping to get away from it, and when that oppression followed them, they stood up to it. It also didn't help that uh, George Washington was denied a promotion, so that's why he decided to say, right. fuck it, I'm going <laughs> to take the whole army out. <laughs> Fight for the other side. <laughs> yeah. But, but the whole point being, like, you don't have to leave your country to fight oppression. The What governments do to... to control their people is make them feel like they don't have a voice and they don't have any power. That's why these powerful regimes come in 
and they take over overnight and they again go into oppression mode they start oppressing their people making them think that they're powerless the power has always been in the numbers and these people in the militaries these people in these oppressive regimes they have families too most of these people are just looking at doing what's best for their family if that means supporting the guy in power whether they got there legitimately or not they're gonna do it but what they don't realize is that there's so much more people than there is government mm -hmm. and if people would just start standing up yeah. and fighting against their oppressors instead the of running. Le legitimate oppressors not not the fucking trumps of the world because he was all about american people he wasn't about a certain percentage of the american people he wants america to do well yep we're talking about places in south america or over yep. the Middle argentina fuck cuba anywhere mexico even mexico yeah like i get these these again these drug cartels yeah they're strong they're they're full of tons of people but again these people have families they know like they have to either fight for the cartel otherwise if they get out their family can be massacred okay but how many people would it take to legitimately stand up to these cartels that are in them and say no we're not taking this anymore we want a legitimate country we want a legitimate job we want to be productive members of the world like we're not going to do this shit anymore which is why america is so successful with the way it's supposed to be state ran states that make up a government not the government controlling the states yeah. and I think we're starting to see some pushback from the states because, well, I saw um, an article on, I want to say it was Oklahoma or Arkansas or something where there was a Chinese company that had like 160 acres or 160,000 acres, something like that, and they booted them off of it because they wanted it to be American land, yeah. which I thought was really cool because if you haven't noticed, China is buying a lot of America land. Yeah. And farmland. That's not a good sign. And that and that's the biggest thing, is it starts at the local level. And we're starting to see an uprising across the country with school boards, with city council meetings, with all this stuff where people are standing up. And again, now we're we're being gaslit to think that the people standing up to these school boards and city councils are domestic terrorists well, who same as the people who refuse the COVID shot yep you know we're you're wrong or you're evil or you're you're the problem because you're killing people because you don't have the shot you know that's falling right in line to what we're talking about here yep and I'll, I'll, I'll bring myself up as an example because I just did this weekend um, they came around saying they're gonna give the flu vaccine I went to the station and said I'm not getting it they said why not I said it because I'm not. I'm not getting any more vaccines from the army. That's the end of the story. And they said, okay, and I left. And then I get back to where we were operating out of. And I had one of the people come down and say, hey, you got to go get your flu vaccine. You can't refuse it. And I'm like, yes, I can. I just did. And he's like, nope, it's coming down from higher. You got to get your vaccine. I said, no, I'm not going to. I, flu vaccine whatever like in the end 
does it matter? Probably not. But I'm, I'm not dealing with this bullshit anymore. And they can flag me. They can do whatever they want. I'm not playing their fucking games anymore. This is just bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just annoying that we have to put up with that. I mean, hopefully, enough people and enough counties and, or communities and um, states kind of start ramping up against the federal government and. Because I'm not, and I'm not saying the federal government is evil and bad. I'm saying there's a lot of, there's a lot of there's bad, a lot of bad people in government. I mean, you look at how long America has thrived because of the way that we are set up with federal and state government. Yep. So it works. It's a good system. It's just we've got people that are sitting in positions their entire life doing absolutely nothing. Just abusing America and abusing their power just to succeed. It's it, What it comes down to is greed. All they want is money. And power. Well, greed and power, yeah. One hand in hand. So I, like, I didn't, wasn't sure if I should bring this up or not, but fuck it, since we're here. So take this as you will. It's anecdotal evidence on whatever the fuck is going on. But um, here we go. So here's the story from basically what happened to me earlier this year. So I don't know what angle this is coming from. I'm still trying to dig into it and question people on what's going on. But so earlier this year, like January, February, March time period, my family and I were at church. And... Didn't think anything of it. We usually sit towards the front because it keeps the kids quiet when they realize they're in the eyes of the, you know, the congregation. But sat in church. Nothing out of the ordinary that we could see. I, you know, I like to be aware of my surroundings, but hell, I'm human. I don't catch everything. A few months later, we become friends with this family who has kids our age and start hanging out with them. And the wife from this family tells us that earlier in the year, so she couldn't remember when, just January, February time period, there was somebody sitting towards the back of the church that was very distinctly out of place. Military-looking guy, military haircut, squared away, like, didn't fit the setting and wasn't paying attention in church because he spent the entire service staring at me. Um, again, I didn't know this lady at the time. She has no reason to suspect anything. And she tells us, yeah, during the entire Mass, um the guy was just staring me down from, you know, rows and rows behind me and, um, went up for communion, came back and she said he was still staring at me. And then she caught his eye because she was glaring at him at this point. Like she noticed something was up. And so she was glaring at him and then he kind of looked away and then went back to focusing on me. Well, then months later, 
we run into her, become friends, and she tells me about this incident. And right away, you know, I go into high alert because I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. There's between, like, with everything that's going on with the government, between um, the FBI admitting to sending agents into Catholic masses to spy on Catholic domestic terrorists because we're conservative or whatever, to people who refuse the COVID shot because of religious reasons. Um, you know, I don't know what to think on that topic. So I've been asking questions around. There's still a few people like in the military. I got a question to see like if there's anything on their level that they know about that we don't, but it was something that put me and my family on high alert. And now like I'm just much more vigilant whenever I'm out in public, whenever I have my family with me. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a comfortable feeling like knowing that there's somebody out there keeping tabs on you for who knows what reason, but it, it's just, well, it's, it's, um, it's good to, I don't want to say you want to live your life in a high alert like that, but it's important to always be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Whether it is somebody like that, whether it's just a gangbanger, whether it's somebody who's going to rob you, whatever. Yeah. Um, definitely, especially in this day and age, when you go like go out, make sure you have a plan. Make sure you make sure your family kind of knows if this happens, what are you going to do? If this happens, what are you going to do? And uh, I personally, I'd say make sure you're armed when you go out. I mean, I am. Always. I don't ever leave the house without something. I would... I've always... Let's say I've always got a plan. Um, definitely if I'm out with my family, I'm, I'm definitely always packing. I'm not, mm -hmm. not taking that risk having my kids out in public and having as many sick people out there in this world as there is. Yep. We'd rather... Have it and not use it, then need it and not have it. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like I said, that's just one anecdotal story, but something, something triggered her spidey senses saying something's off here. And, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be. Something for the culprit. It could, it, you know, who knows? Yeah, why, who, who, weird, who knows why he was weird, there? It was a weird situation. Yeah, who knows why he was there? And I still want to get to the bottom of it. I want to find out. But mm -hmm. in the end, will I? I don't know. But you know, definitely, I'm on high alert now. And I see somebody mean mugging me. I'm, I'm bringing it up to him. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Not gonna take this shit. So. Um. Yeah. So we had a pretty good weekend this weekend. Got to shoot a lot of guns. Yeah, range weekend. Always so, a good time. It was fun. We basically shot a whole arsenal in three days. Yeah. We don't need to get into scores, but I'll say I, I did pretty well. I was yeah. happy about it. You did. 
I did about my normal, so I'm not too upset. My sight was a little, you know, no making excuses. But we had, we had a good night shoot together, though. That we did. Good. We did. 19s across the board. Yep. But yeah, no, we had fun. Um, we had a nice little. Our unit did a morale booster for some of the younger guys, which was which was cool to see because it was very cold and miserable outside, and nobody want you know they shot. They wanted to be done. Sit in the building, stay warm. Well, it's a good training opportunity, and it was um, important to keep them engaged. So the unit made it into a little competition, so you could shoot the most targets at the most distance. And uh, I think the younger guys really enjoyed that, and it was nice to see smiles and laughs, and not just pissed off for being out in the cold. So. Hopefully the guys got a good uh, good training out of it and just had a good time, which it looked like they did. So that was nice to see. Yeah, because that's, that's one thing about the military is it can be a lot of fun, but they can also take something that's really fun and make it super lame. And, yeah, it could have been, a just like you said, just a miserable cold weekend out on the range, but we had – Guys actually had a good time, and, I mean, we did a lot of stuff, but I don't feel like we were ever rushed or no, I think in a hurry. It went really smooth. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you were, you were there, thank you for all your hard work. I hope you had fun. I hope you had a good time. hope you learned something. Yeah, and those of you who are in charge of this, thank you for <laughs> making it smooth, making it what it was because, yeah things can get stupid really fast and they didn't it was it was a great weekend for for being as long as it was it was it was a good time i agree i agree 100 percent well so now i guess we're a couple more things on the docket and call it call it night yeah so to close this out um as all of you who have been listening know that i am writing a book i am still writing a book (laughs) um I, I promise. Are you writing a book or are you thinking about writing a book? No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a book. It is it is hopefully in the final stages here. Um, I got through editing probably half the chapters this weekend. So I'm hopefully closing in on the, the final lap here when it, when it comes to reading and writing it. Make sure you guys hold him accountable because uh, he's got until the end of the year to get this thing written. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna let you down. But um, hopefully, as a little bit of a treat here. So, if you haven't gone back to our past episodes, if you're just catching on now, go back. I I, I describe what this book is all about, and so I'm not gonna go over that again. Um, right now, at this time, maybe maybe in the future when at the end of the year when this comes out i will i'll go into it again um but right now to end the show what i'm going to do is read an excerpt from my book um this comes from let's see chapter three it's gonna be so it's kind of random in the middle of the chapter i don't want to lead on too much Just, just to give you a taste basically yeah just to, yeah, taste of what it's all about. There's one door on the opposite wall, 
She goes to the door and listens for a few seconds before continuing. Nothing. The door swings inward. She shuts off her light and slowly opens the door. It's a sleeping quarters. Two hostels are sleeping on beds on opposite sides of the room. Lupita steps in. As she does, a small explosion goes off. Tripwire. It's only an alarm explosive explosion to make them aware of her presence. As this happens, the individuals sit up on their beds and go for their rifles. She makes quick work of the two hostiles, delivering a headshot on each. As the last hostile falls over, a grenade rolls through the doorway. Lupita quickly rolls back out into the out the doorway she just came through and grabs a grenade of her own. After the explosion goes off, the voices come from the hall outside the room. After a second, she rolls the grenade back into the room, just short of the opposite door. Two hostiles come through the doorway. They're eliminated by the grenade. There's still a faint sound of yelling coming from outside the building. Lupita makes her way through the, the now clear room, checking for any movement as she goes. After clearing the room, she makes her way into the hallway that leads to the right. There's one more door to the left of the hallway and an opening at the end. She opens the door in the hallway. There's a small cache of weapons, but no one is in the room. Lupita moves into the room and takes a knee next to the pile of weapons and ammo. She goes into her bag and grabs a charge. She sets the charge to go off when the pressure is released before laying it on the floor and covering it with a rug and a couple of the weapons. Lupita makes her way back into the hallway and closes the door behind her. As she gets to the end of the hall, she sees it opens into the kitchen and a living room. As her rifle begins to clear the corner, a dark figure comes from the left and runs into her rifle barrel, knocking it to the right. One second. We, the the <laughs> computer just screwed up, so we had to find yep. back where we were at. Hold on one second. But to give you a little backstory right now, this is uh, um, what do you say? This is the trials. Yep. So, so one of the one of the characters is going through the trials. Basically, what the trials are is a trial to get promoted yep. so all right so we sh <laughs> yeah this thing really messed me up I, yeah i can see that <laughs> all right here we no well you know what keep talking for me well, I was going to say, I think they got the, a nice little taste. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I deleted a whole section. This I don't do. Yep. Okay. We Here we go. <laughs> Continuing on. Sorry for the awkwardness. Yep. Awkward pause. All right. The hostel continues to the right and runs into the wall, pinning the rifle barrel against it. She recovers quickly by delivering a solid knee strike to the ribs of the enemy before drawing her pistol. As she clears the pistol from her holster, Lupita presses the barrel of, into the hostile's ribs and delivers two rounds in rapid succession. The hostile drops into a pile on the floor. 
one more round to the head for good measure. Dun dun. <laughs> to be continued. So yeah. So that is a good. Yeah. So that is an excerpt again excerpt. from chapter three, and again I'm getting there. I will have it out to you guys. I'm still debating on how this is going to get distributed as far as um, publishing goes, but we will have it out there. Yeah, it will, uh, we'll let you guys know as the next step, as we get into the next step of the book. Yep. We'll just keep going. Um, yeah, with updates for you guys. So wrapping it up here, um, if you want to email us with any questions or any concerns you may have, again, if you're a vet that's looking for help, reach us at twomikesout at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're most active on Instagram. We also do have Twitter and TikTok. Haven't really been active on that. But if you want to listen to our podcast, we're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We appreciate you guys sticking by us, even after the long lulls. But we will get more content out to you. We're not giving this thing up. Yeah, I hope you it, guys stick around. It will keep going. There's, uh, we enjoy it, and we hope you guys enjoy it as well. So, yeah, um, definitely would appreciate some questions. So questions help a lot to get us some content and kind of a structure of what we're going to do. So questions about us, questions about anything you really want. Um, also some topics you want to see here covered or you know anything like that. Hell, music, if you want anything you want, an opinion on music, movies, um, guns, yeah, food. I mean, whatever you want, whatever you're curious about, that's kind of what... This podcast is about just two guys bullshitting in the basement or a garage, wherever we are. Yeah, we don't we don't want to like pigeonhole ourselves into like one or two topics. Like we want to talk about more stuff. This just happens to be the things that either we know or are hot topics at the time. But yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go off and I'll actually make a note here. Next podcast, we are gonna talk about. Um, I don't know if it should just be sci-fi or Star Wars or movies in general, but it'll be something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Because we haven't really... A lot of our podcasts have been political or war or um, life stuff. So maybe we make that one a little bit more... Uh, a little lighter. A little off the, uh, off the main trail. Yeah, so I, got, I wrote the note down. We'll... So obviously we... We, we have our share of Star Wars stuff, but there, there's a lot of, like, cult classic movies that would be fun to cover, like uh, Starship Troopers. That yeah. was that was always a fun one. Yeah. But, like, yeah, just stuff like that. It would be fun to get into that kind of stuff. I agree. So if you uh, have any questions, don't be afraid. Actually, not even don't be afraid. Please message us on uh, or email us or Google. We've, yeah. had, we've had a couple of people, and it worked out really nice if you send an email with uh, – just like, you know, questions, topics, whatever. Send us some movie suggestions. So 
either if we have seen them or not, uh, we can go back and rewatch them. And you know what? Now that you say that, and you guys can be here for this because why not? I've been thinking about us picking movies every month and watching them and kind of doing a review. That'd be fun. I think that'd be really good. Yeah. So uh, that's all I got. I know you got one more thing to put out, and then that'll probably do it for the night. All right. So a while ago, we had talked about I had put in a uh, post on Instagram asking your guys' help in boosting our following. Um, I want to say it helped because, like we mentioned earlier, with Spotify, uh, we're now showing up randomly on the homepage, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I asked your help basically to, to help get more listeners, get more followers. And I said that we would do a, um, a drawing in order to get, um, one of our patches that we have on the, on the Instagram page. So I want to give a shout out to Craig. Craig is a buddy of mine. I went to basic training with, I haven't talked to him in years. Like we've always had each other on Facebook and whatnot and kind of, you know, can see what's going on with each other. But, uh, Craig's from Pennsylvania and I went through scout school with him and I don't know, shared some good experiences. It was, it was a fun time down there, but Craig, you are our lucky winner on our patch. So, um, I already sent you a message. If you could get to me and let me know your information, I will send you out that patch and we'll happily send it out to you. Right? Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah. So we, like, yeah, we've got listeners from all over the country, apparently all over the world since we have our listener hey. from Switzerland, Yep, which is we awesome. Are, we are world renowned <laughs> worldwide, <laughs> taking it worldwide. Um, but honestly guys, thank you so much. Um, we have a good time here. Um, I'd if we weren't recording this, we'd still be sitting here just bullshitting. Yeah, so. it'd, it'd be the same thing. I mean, probably be a little bit more off the cuff, but uh, <laughs> a little more, um, yeah, um, inappropriate. Yeah, and and it's gone there. Like we've we've got the footage. Um, yeah, yeah. Just leave it at that. Yep. Yep. But yeah, um, so uh yeah, again, appreciate everything. Um if you have it like I know we touched on mental health here. And seriously, if you have any issues or concerns, don't be afraid to message us or reach out for help. There is help out there. And uh wanna do a big shout out to all the soldiers out there, all the military members, first responders, police officers, firefighters, EMS. If any of you guys listening are heading out to the Middle East to support Israel, to support any overseas operations, thank you so much for what you do. Um, been there in the past. We know what it's like. Fucking stay strong, dudes. Mm-hmm. Like We're here for you. You need anything, email us. Give us your address overseas. We'll, we'll help you out any way that we can. Um, Seriously, we appreciate everything you guys do. So, and again, shout out like we do every time. I don't know if anybody's looked in the front box, but uh, yep, especially if you're deploying, that is definitely a service that uh, you and your family can utilize, and it will will help the deployment greatly. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah. Give you a little taste of home. A little taste of home. So, so yeah, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, we appreciate it. Yep. And from Chris and I, two, two weeks out. Up.